So I, I've been praying about kind of the direction for this kind of season for us as a church. And um, how many of you guys are like right now tired? You're tired. Raise your hand. Yeah. Oh, I feel that. I, we just um, got a photo of the fam. And um, this is the crew. And so, yeah, so, uh, so on the left, there's Micah trying to drink Annalise's coffee, Jeremiah in the middle, Noah staring down Sarah's mug, and then myself over there acting weird. And, uh, and so we got a little bit of rest. It was good. Um, everybody's on the evens right now. So 22, 14, 20, and 16 are the kids' ages. That's how I remember because they're all even right now then Noah will mess that all up in, de in December. But we were in Michigan for a little bit, and then we were in Missouri, and uh, I got to tell you, something happened in Michigan that literally devastated me. So we were on a dock, and I was um, on the dock with the guys, and, you know, as we do, um, doing some backflips off the dock, right? Like you do. And um, I wasn't, but I was recording them, you know, on the dock, and it was pretty amazing. It was awesome. Like, we were just like, hey, doing a backflip, then they have it in slow-mo, then they all didn't go at the same time, so they needed it again, and all that stuff, right? But I don't know if you know this about Michigan, is that the horse flies in Michigan are, like, bigger than your head. <laughs> Literally put a saddle on that thing and fly it around. It is unbelievably huge. And this horse fly flies in between all the guys, Caleb is trying to like hit it and flying and that thing comes right by me and I swat it and when I swat it, I swat my phone out of my hand, just like that. Now there was no phone in there because I thought ahead. <laughs> but that day, I literally threw that, I threw my phone into the lake. I threw it, and thank you Rachel, I, I threw my phone into the lake. Sarah's description of this moment, because everybody was there, is pretty hilarious. Because, now, I don't know, there's not too many feelings that really equate to, like, throwing your phone into a lake on your own accord. But, I mean, how many of you have thrown your phone in water? Like, in kerplunk type of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's like the unicorn of moments, that, and maybe getting pulled over by a police officer, right? Like, that one, I mean, most of us, except maybe Susan Donovan, doesn't really get that very often, but where are you at? There you go. Um, so, the, the description of that moment, I wasn't mad, and I wasn't sad. I was dejected. I was just like, And I, I'm, I literally was just standing like this, and I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm in the middle of Blueberry Nation in Michigan. Where is the nearest Apple store? There's no way. I don't have any money for a new phone. I, how am I going to get everything? What was on my phone? Am I going to miss any of that? Like, all that. Like, all the things? Do we have any rice? You know? <laughs> I don't, like... Like, all, like, 10 seconds, like, all this is going through my mind, right? And luckily, I guess, that the, it went into the lake, but it was only, like, three feet of water. So um, I'm like, get it out of there, and we got out of there. So we're talking about Jesus bringing us back to life 
I don't know about our phones, though, right? Um, I, I wanted, as I was praying about this, I was like, you know what? Last week, we talked about Mark chapter 1. And we unpacked this idea that Mark wrote this gospel. He wrote that letter. He wrote that because he wanted to communicate that Jesus is the Son of God. He wanted to communicate to everyone. That was like him leaving his mark. Right? He, he left his mark. He, he said, I'm going to leave this, and I want this. It's a firsthand account, most likely from Peter, about what Jesus was like. And so we spent that time, and I was, I was praying about it. I was like, do we stay in Mark? And I was like, well, okay, let's do it, but let's do it a little differently. And so we're going to look over the next three or four weeks, we're going to look at different themes in Mark. And so get ready for that. And the first one is this idea. Jesus has the authority over death and the things that cause death. If you think about Mark's goal of trying to, to communicate in a big way that Jesus is the Son of God, that you, he is the one that all of the prophets culminate in, that this is the one that we have been waiting for, that this is the one that you have been waiting for and didn't know it, he is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the promised one. He is, he is the one that we have been waiting for. One great way to do that is to communicate an example, several, the fact that Jesus has the authority over death. He is the Son of God. And so today we're going to look at a passage in Scripture, which is in Mark chapter 5. And starting in verse 21, if you need a Bible or would like one, we will run one to you right now because the scriptures will not be all on the screen. I would love for you to be able to kind of read through this with us. And I just want to go ahead and read through it right now. Before we do, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. Lord, we're tired. We got a lot going on. We maybe walked in with a lot of stuff on our plate, things that we're worried about, things that we need to figure out. But Lord, we don't need to carry that anymore. Lord, we just ask right now that we would, you would give us the strength, the courage, the bravery to be able to set those things down right now and allow your spirit to speak through us through your word. And as we look at it, Lord, teach us through this story. Show us that you, Jesus, have the authority over death and the things that cause death. In Jesus' name. So Mark chapter 5, verse 21, starts like this. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue teachers named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Verse 24 simply says, so Jesus went with him. And then there's an interruption, and we pick up back again in verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter, your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? And so overhearing, and that word in the original language really means um, he, he overheard them, but he also ignored them and refused to listen to them and what they said because they told Jesus, don't be, I'm sorry, overhearing what they said, um, that um, his, Jairus' daughter was dead, 
He ignored what they said, and Jesus told Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they, had come to the, when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. Most likely, these are professional mourners because that's how you did it back then. He went in and he said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. And in verse 40, it says, but they laughed at him. And after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and they went in where the child was. He took her by the hand, one of the most tender moments you might find with Jesus. He took her by the hand, and he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. And the, immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. Remember what we said about Mark last week, that he uses language that talks about everyone being amazed, everyone being astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. So what do we have here? We have the story of Jairus and Jesus. His daughter is dying at home. He finds and figures out how to find Jesus, tells Jesus what's going on. Jesus says, I'll go with you. On the way to his house, they get delayed. And while that's happening, people show up, and they end up telling him, you know what? Your daughter is dead. And then they go to the house, and there's people wailing and crying, and everyone's freaking out. And then Jesus says, why is there all this commotion? This doesn't make any sense. She's not dead. And the people laugh at him. And then he goes in, and he takes her hand, and he says, get up, little girl. She comes back to life. And then he says, get her something to eat. So cool. Many of you have been here when we have acted out a passage like this. We're not going to do that today. Because we did it last night. And so I love being able to like engage. So what you're about to see is a reenactment of this story by our second place Saturday night thespians. They had no idea that they were going to be acting this out when they walked in the room. And I do a little bit of directing, and so it's pretty much perfect. So just go ahead and watch this and enjoy. So everybody get on stage. Do we need more? We need more whalers. I mean, it's not going to be as fun. Jim, over here, my, my friend. So Peter, can you help James up, up the stairs? Thank you. Have, has anybody ever been here when we've done this before? This is literal chaos, all right? This is so much fun. All right. So I'll be kind. So we're going to start with Jesus, James, Peter, and John. You guys are going to be all together right here. I'm just going to do a little directing if that's okay. Normally I don't do this. I just let them go. But um, we're going to have you guys together. So Peter, get with your crew. Okay, awesome. Okay, are you the professional whalers and criers and stuff? Okay, good. Um, and then you too, Jairus and his wife. That's great. 
So you're going to be you're going to be back at the home. We got to get the 12-year-old girl in a second. Yep. So we'll just say this will this is well your house will be there in a second, but for right now we got some other things to take care of. So we do need a 12-year-old girl or someone who can play a 12-year-old girl, all right? Okay. So you're going to be the 12-year-old girl. You're you know what? That's so it's so good. I mean no, that's so weird, isn't it? I love it. Okay, so you're going to go over here by them. I think we're ready to go. We're just going to go for it. All right? So here we go. I'm going to read it. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake. There you go. A large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. There you go. Then one of the synagogue leaders... Named Jairus, hey Jairus, he came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Nice. He pleaded, hold on, we need, we need a mic here. He pleaded earnestly, so he pleaded earnestly. Okay, I'm pleading earnestly. Yeah, you're ready for that? He All pleaded right. with him. My little daughter is dying. My little daughter's dying. Please come and put your hands on her. Please come so, and put your hands on her. So that she will be healed and live. So that she will be healed and live. That's pretty dramatic. I like it. And then Jesus went with him. So, all right, scene change. Now we're going to go to on the way. But on the way, when that happens... While Jesus was still speaking, so you're talking, you know, there's a little bit of an interruption that was going on, you're talking. Some people came to him, that's you guys, from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. And they literally said to Jairus, go over by Jesus, and they said, you ready for this? They said, your daughter is dead. Oh, did he turn so, that up? Yeah. So is the Your daughter's dead. Oh, that's, that's really sad. And then they said, why bother the teacher anymore? Why, why are you bothering Jesus? Yeah, Jesus, don't bother him go anymore. Home. That's the Czech version. Yeah. So overhearing what, the, what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, Jairus, just believe. Okay. Don't be afraid. Jairus, just believe. Super convincing. Super <laughs> convincing. I think there was way too much emotion there. I'm However, I've, are you convinced? I'm, I'm convinced. Okay, you're convinced. This is good. Okay, good, good, good. So, all right, so now we go. Um, now, he didn't let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. So y'all are out of here, and you guys are going to do a little scene change. Yep, and you guys are going to go to Jairus' house. Now Jairus' wife is going to come here, the, 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 the daughter who is now dead. All right, so she is now. So she's dead. Okay, perfect. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw, oh, you guys need to come over here. Yeah, come on over here. Yeah, the big crowd. No, everyone can make a way over there. Good deal. So when Jesus showed up, Yo. he saw a commotion. Why all this commotion and wailing? <laughs> and there's wailing. The child is not dead, but asleep. The child is not dead, but asleep. Nice. But then they laughed at him. There you go. So... 
And after he put them out, so guess what, Jesus? You're kicking them out. All right, get out. All right, see, thank you. Let's hear it for the wailers and criers and laughers. So after he put them out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. And he took her by the hand. She doesn't play dead well, all right? So you can't move your hand. All right. And he said, Talitha kum. Little girl, get up. <laughs> there you go. I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. <laughs> she was 12 years old. And at this, they were completely astonished. So everyone be astonished. That's up there right now. Yeah. What? He gave strict orders to not let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Let's give it up for the second place, second place thespians. Yes. <laughs> so let's give it up for Amy, who is. <laughs> if you only knew like how many bizarre things. So her daughter was her mom in the skit. So like, I don't know. It was just odd. But, uh, but so you've heard this story now three different ways. I read it to you, then I paraphrased it, and then you just saw it acted out. You guys got it now, right? You guys good? Now let's actually talk through it. I've, I think what, the way that I've kind of broken this up is there's basically four different parts to this story. And in each part of the story, I believe that what God is trying to communicate is that he brings life and that he can bring something that's dead back to life. And I think if we look at it in these four different areas, it's going to be good. Number one, um, we've got this, this moment when Jairus finds Jesus. He goes and he looks and he finds him. It's verses 21 through 24. And the idea behind this is that the power and the presence of Jesus is available. And, and you've got to think about how did Jairus get to that moment? If you think about this, this is a Joe Rabbit trail, but... This is the idea, like, he, I don't know, but if he was like me, he probably, we know that he had a wife, he probably had a lot of conversations at home about what to do for his daughter. What are we going to do? She's, she's not well. She, we're going to have to figure something out. And at some point, through whatever they tried, we don't know, but at some point, when he knew that his daughter was dying and they had gotten to the point where there was nothing more that they could do, he decided to go find Jesus. And I think what we need to know and what we can learn from this story is that there are going to be things that we cannot figure out in our life. There are going to be things and situations that are out of our control. And the more that you live, the more that you know that most of our situations are out of our control. And what we can learn is that we need to be going to Jesus quickly. That we can literally go to Jesus first. We don't have to wait to get to the end of our rope. We can go to Jesus first when we run into a situation that we don't know what to do. When we have uh, something that's happening, when we believe that something has is sick in our lives that we need to find that Jesus, the power and the presence of Jesus is available. We don't have to go search him out and find him. He is here. 
And we know that because we're looking back on Scripture, and we know that because of what the promise is, that God is here, and he is available to you. Sarah tells a story about Jeremiah when he was um, just probably five or six years old, and he was diagnosed with asthma when he was just 18 months, and that's very young. And it got to the point where, you know, we had treated it, and we had breathing treatments for him and even steroids and different things because it was so bad. And she remembers this one night where I wasn't around. I don't know if I was out of town or sleeping in the other room. And Jeremiah was just laboring and trying to breathe, and he couldn't. And he was asleep, but his, his body was fighting to breathe. They often kind of describe an asthma attack as like being a fish out of water. There's just no way. And so as she sat there and having done everything that we knew to do, having done the breathing treatments and the medication and the supplements and the, the steroids, she just had a conversation with Jesus that night. And in the middle of the night, as she's holding Jeremiah and he's trying to breathe, she just starts to say, you know what, Jesus, you and I, we got to get something, we got to get some things straight here. I don't know what else to do. And, and the Lord just brought scriptures to her memory about Jesus speaking to the wind and the waves, and they had to obey. And so she began to, to pray that over Jeremiah and to say, now, asthma, speaking right to you, you need to obey the name of Jesus. Give this child some relief. And after about an hour of praying over Jeremiah, I'm sound asleep, I'm oblivious, his breathing started to kind of relax into a more normal rhythm. And we, we believe in doctors and nurses, and I know some of you are studying, and some of you are a nurse or a doctor, and those are all things that we believe in. But that was a moment that Sarah had with Jesus to say, this is time for me to go to you. In the same way that Jairus went to Jesus, Sarah went to Jesus and said, my child is not okay. And so we see that there's a time in our lives when we don't know what to do. We need to go to Jesus because why? His power and his presence is available to us. The second part of this story is where basically Jesus is delayed on the way to go see Jairus' daughter. They're in the middle of walking, and then they're interrupted. They're interrupted in the middle of, like... Um, excuse me, I need to get baptized right now. My name is Riley, and I am 15 years old, and I've been coming to Second Place for a year and a half now. I'd say I was really, like, consumed by the world, and I mostly cared about what they thought about me like or what was cool to them and then I started acting like them pretty much my whole my mindset was like changed and then I made no time for God I had no desire to until my mom dragged me to youth group and at first I was very angry and upset about it but it's definitely changed for now it's been about a year and a half since that has happened, and I have changed completely by then to the time now. And 
my life is completely different because all my decisions are made by God and not by me getting the easy way out. And I've allowed him to just work within me and he has provided a whole different path for me, new friends, new family, and I'm just so grateful for it. And it's just amazing. <laughs> this passage, it's Romans 12 verse two. And it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I really like that because it pretty much explained the renewing of my mind. And I really related to that one. I would definitely say thank you to my mom for making me go here because I would not be where I'm at right now without her. And also to Carrie for making me feel so welcome and really never giving up on me and just pushing me to where I'm at right now. And I could not do it without her. So, interruption. We're going to baptize Riley right now. And the way that this works, if you've never been to a baptism, we got our kids coming in from the clubhouse. This is how it works. Um, when she goes, I'm going to pray, and when she goes under the water, I hold her down until all the sin comes out, and then when I bring her up, <laughs> you guys go crazy, all right? And um, I, I'll tell you what, I'm proud of this girl. I remember the night, the very first night that she came to youth group, and she had a smile on her face, but as we just heard, she did not want to be there. And I, I remember having a conversation saying, just hang in there. You don't know anybody. It's cool. You'll be all right. And now to see you grow and to be just giving your life to Jesus, it's just awesome. Turn around real quick. That's your crew, all right? So I'm going to pray. All right, here we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for Riley's life. Lord, the example that she's been to pursue you, to leave behind the things that she was distracted with and headed towards. And Lord, that you have now called her your own. Lord, we thank you for her life and we pray that you would give her favor, that you would give, that you would bless her, that you would order her steps, that you would um, give her the network and the connections, and, and Lord, that you would use her life to be a light in dark places, and that, Lord, that many, many, many would come to know you because of her testimony and because of the light that she has inside her, which is you. We thank you for her life and for her testimony. In Jesus' name. So, Riley, I'm going to plug your nose, and you can hold me right there. Hold your other, your wrist. There you go. And Riley, because of your profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So as they celebrate, the thing that I want you to realize is that just because there's an interruption or there's a delay in what's happening, it doesn't mean that God forgot. And actually, something really good could happen in the delay. 
Like some of you are like tracking with the message or trying to. You're filling out the blanks in the back of the news and events. And all of a sudden, this video about Riley starts playing. And you're interrupted. And let me just say, do you know that this is probably the coolest thing that I'm going to do all day? Is because she is a child of God. She has given her life to Jesus. And this is what we talk about, Jesus first. And so something beautiful happens in the delay sometimes. And some of you are there right now. You don't know what is going on. You're in the middle of a delay. You're in the middle of an interruption. And you're like, God, did you forget about me? Did you forget about what I've got going on over here? Did you forget that I need you right now? I mean, imagine what Jairus was saying when Jesus was healing a woman. I'd be great for her, but I've got a daughter who's dying. Jesus, can we speed this up a little bit? And in the middle of that, the people come to Jairus while Jesus is still speaking and says, your daughter is dead. Imagine the emotion that Jairus would have had would say, Jesus, if you just didn't stop along the way, if you just would have kept going, maybe you could have saved her. Maybe you're in that delay today. Maybe that's you. I don't know. But here's what we learn in that moment. We learn patience. We learn trust. And we got to do some work to listen very closely to what God is saying in the delay. And when we don't know, we trust. When we don't know, we have patience. When we don't know, we allow God to build those things in us. You see, this baptism is probably the best interruption to this message there could have ever been. The third part of the story is where Jesus assesses the situation. Jesus shows up at Jairus' house. His wife is there and you know, the daughter is dead and the people are wailing and crying and everyone is freaking out. And what does Jesus do? He said, she's not dead. And it's so, so interesting because the people go from, this, this story is wild. They go from wailing and crying to laughing at Jesus. Here's a little note, put it in your notes, free of charge, not, in, not, not on the news and events, but just, just go ahead and do this. Don't ever laugh at Jesus, especially when he's about to throw down, right? And they laugh at him, and what does he do? He starts to clear the house. He starts to say, guess what, everybody out. The only people that are allowed in here, the husband, Jairus, his wife, Peter, James, and John, Everybody out, out. What did he do? He got the unbelief out of the house, and he got the negativity out of the house. And some of you need to get the unbelief out of your house and the negativity out of your house. If Jesus were to show up at your house today, who would he kick out? What would he kick out? Don't name names right now. That would be awkward. But imagine that. I mean, y'all, you know, you met Jesus here today, and that's cool. I want you to bring him home after today. I want you to bring him home. Jesus first. Then we say home first. Bring Jesus home and ask him, who do you want to throw out? What do you want to throw out? And what do we learn from this part of the story? We learn that we need to be careful about who we listen to. 
the voices that speak into our lives, be careful. And if they're negative, and if they are opposing what Jesus has to say, listen, if it's death, if it's that you don't have a chance, you're not worthy, you have no value, you should be ashamed, you should feel guilty, I'm judging you, any of that stuff, guess what? That's a lie. Jesus, in every moment in this story, he speaks life over every situation. Hey, my daughter's dying. Would you come and help her? Sure, let's go. Hey, guess what? She's dead already. Don't be afraid. Just believe. She's dead. Why all the commotion? I'm wailing, I'm crying. All this stuff is going on. She's not dead. And then that tender moment at the end where we see Jesus actually bring the girl back to life. I mean, that's amazing, right? Jesus, this is the culmination of the story where Mark is trying to see to, to say to us, he has the authority over death and the things that cause death. This is what it's all about. He is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. And the most tender of moments when he grabs her hand, he, he lifts her up, and then he says to get her some food. And I think that we need to learn from this passage that Jesus has the authority over the death and the things that cause death in our lives. And you know what? This is not, this is not a story about every time we have a sick loved one that, someone, that Jesus is going to just heal them and they're just going to come back to life and all this is going to happen. But what I tell you, the promise is, is much more deeper than that. It's a promise that you can be raised to new life through belief in your faith in Jesus. That's what happens when we get baptized. Romans 6, 4 says it, right? Romans 6, 4 says that we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Jesus brings us back to new life. And I don't know where you're at today, but I believe if you're like me, that there's been moments in your life and there's been situations in your life when you have looked at them and you said, you know what, that's dead. And you're freaking out about it. You've pronounced, you've had a funeral for it. I don't know what you've done. But there's, you, you said that goal, that dream, that relationship, that job, that promotion, that diagnosis, that's, that is death. That is dead. And you know what? Jesus hasn't spoken yet into your life. Because he is the one that calls it when it's over, not you. And somebody needs to hear today that that dream that you thought was dead, that that relationship that you thought was dead, that that situation that you thought had no hope in the world, Jesus is here to tell you, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe he's speaking to you right now and saying that I'm going to bring that thing back to life. And you're going to have to do the work to ratchet up. I've been through two services with this message, and I'll tell you, here's where we're at, okay? Here's where we're at. We're at this place where we're about to sing some songs. The band can come up, and the songs are about Jesus, and they're about, I mean, the resurrected king is resurrecting me. Yeah. And then we're like, the, at your name is where the darkness trembles, right? Yeah. And then we're going to sing about how the lame will walk, and the blind will see, and the dead will, ra will raise and rise. And, and we, see, we sing this, but we are in the midst of what we see, just like the disciples saw, that Jesus, they saw Jesus was dead. 
And after the crucifixion, they were all done. And they had no idea what to do. And that's our reality if we're not careful and we don't keep reading. Because in chapter 16, in verse 6, it says, Who are you looking for? You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth? He's not here. He's risen. And what I feel like God is saying is this. Can you pop up the photo of my fam again, the Motley crew? There was a moment in my life years ago where I, I felt like this, that the enemy had declared that these relationships, that this was, there was just death. There was just, these relationships are no more. These relationships are not going to work ever. This isn't going to be a thing. And that photo exists from a couple weeks ago. Just because you have a thought or that you've been fed a lie, it doesn't mean that that's truth. We need to be discerning and know. And I need to tell you, until you have Jesus restore something that you thought was dead back to life, um, I reenact me dropping my phone to the lake. I was actually in Michigan the next day, and in this video, we'll kind of explain it. So, got my phone in the left hand, and then the horse fly is coming at me, and Caleb's swinging his hands, and so I go, oh God, ah! Except my phone didn't float. Yeah, except it didn't float, and it except went in this muck. Right here, you see that? All the muck in the yeah. Where was the sun when you needed it? And so that is the moment where I was dejected. My phone was lost. And Noah finds it in the bottom of the lake, about three feet down. And he brings it out of the water, and it was still on. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And it was muddy and stuff. And he starts washing it, puts it under the water again. I'm like, no, don't do that. What are you doing? I'm freaking out. I'm looking for rice, all that. And I'm dejected four-year-old Joe, right? And Sarah says, dude, it's water resistant. I'm like, literally, I'm like, no, what? And yeah, and somebody else is like, yeah, it's like water resistant to like 10 meters, man. I'm like, and I'm looking at it and it's working. I'm like, my phone is not dead, it's alive. Jesus brought my phone back to life. The range of emotions there for me. Like, I lost years of my life. Like, it was rough. But in that moment on the dock, if that's you right there, you thought something was dead, I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is saying to you, it's not. You got to go down into the muck. You got to kind of search around for that thing. You got to bring it back. Wash it off. Don't freak out allow Jesus to bring that dream, that relationship back to life. So why don't we stand? We're going to sing those songs. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that for those of us that are in this story somewhere, Lord, that you would open up our eyes to see what our next step is today for us. 
you might be here today and you've never been here before and you have not made a choice to surrender your life to God like Riley has, but something in her video or something in this message or something about the story has spoken to you today and you have maybe even given up on yourself, but Jesus has not given up on you. And if you are here today and you're saying, God, I need you, I'm ready to put you first in my life, then pray a prayer like this with me. Heavenly Father, I am in so much need. I have tried. I have done some things. I have had things happen and been done to me. And I am not proud, but Lord, I am here to say, Lord, they are now yours under your blood. Lord, I believe in you, the way that Mark has declared over and over again that you are the Son of God, the Messiah, the Holy One, and you have power over death and the things that have caused death in my life. And so, God, I re release and surrender my life to you right now. And if you've done that today, we get to remember first weekend of the month we observe communion. And with so many people in the room, we've all had this happen in observe communion in different ways and have different traditions. The way that we do it here most often is we make it very personal. And so no one is going to serve you communion, but you're going to receive communion at one of the tables that are around this warehouse up front in the back on either side. And anytime during the next three songs, you can go back there, you can find a friend, you can find family, and you can remember with the bread and the cup what Jesus did for you on the cross, but you might just go by yourself and find a spot in the warehouse where you can do that work with Jesus on your own. So God, as we go into these songs, Lord, Lord, we believe, but help us with our unbelief. Lord, we believe maybe for somebody else or for some other situation, but Lord, help us with our unbelief about us, about our situation. And Lord, allow you your spirit to speak to us in a bold, powerful way and help us to feel what it feels like, Lord God, to see you raise something back to life that we thought was dead in our life. In Jesus' name. All the songs and all the things that have happened today, it break my heart if you guys leave and, and leave that all here don't engage and connect and live it out there. So on the piece of paper that maybe you received today on the back, there's five days of just some like challenges, some questions to ask yourself through the, this passage of scripture we looked at today. And my heart and my goal and my hope and my prayer is that you would believe this and that you would live this when you walk out of here. The chairs are hard because there's, you're not supposed to be comfortable here. You're supposed to get out and to live it and to see these things happen to bring life where you go. See, that's why it's crazy to me that I'm, I'm up here and I'm, I feel like sometimes we're trying to convince ourselves to follow Jesus. He is the son of God. He has the authority over death. Like this is a no-brainer, right? And the reason why we need and we God designed it this way is because once we surrender and once we are living it, then we become that life outside of here see God use our lives to reach so many more people. People that, you will reach people that I cannot reach. But it starts here. And so, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just ask right now that as we go, that we would live this life. 
this new life. Lord, that we would take some time this week to engage in this scripture and to even journal down some things that are going through our heart. Lord, that we would begin to define what it is that's different about us now because of you, because of the new life that you have spoken over us and that you have created in us. Lord God, we believe that we can change the world with you and you can change the world through us. So Lord, be that in us this week. Help us, empower us, inspire us to be light in dark places as we go. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you to our friends from Shanghai. Thank you for Riley's family being here, for Tori, and for all y'all. Love you guys. Have a great week.